coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. You were awarded a Guinness Book of World Record for the largest parade of food trucks in 2013. Wow. I'd be proud of that. It was actually it was actually broken by Tampa the following year. Oh, no. <laughs> oh wow. Damn, Tampa. Burgers that are literally the size of your head. Yeah. Those are, those are called stunt burgers, by the way, if you yeah, didn't know. They're, yeah, yeah. They're Instagram burgers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't eat it. No. And again, I'm going to encourage the listeners to go to burgerbeast.com and look for the photos for those burgers so you really get an idea of what Seth means when he says, I'm not trying to make them pretty. Right. <laughs> they, they look like a mess, but they also look like they taste amazing. <laughs> I love the Miami Cuban, but you know the Tampa Cuban. You're adding salami. I can't. I can't say it's going to be worse. It's got to be better if it's got more tasty meat in it. So. <laughs> exactly. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was I was not going to bring this subject up because I was afraid. Yeah, I wondered about that too. I was thinking about that. I was like, hmm, what's he going to say about All the right. Cuban? <laughs> thanks, th- thanks for making it easy on me on that one. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Seth Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Burger Beast. Seth is a food blogger, food event organizer, and book author. At the top of the show, Kevin and I will discuss James Beard and Sichuan peppercorns. We have have a great great show, so so stick stick around. around. Hey foodies, do you know about the Zest podcast? If you're listening to us, you should be listening to them too. They're part of the Tampa NPR station, WUSF 89.7. On the Zest, you'll learn new recipes, baking tips, and barbecue secrets. You'll hear about what's ripe, what's growing, and what's in season. The Zest podcast is hosted by Robin Sussingham, an award-winning reporter and producer who's also an avid home cook and baker. Robin's a native Floridian and has been searching out flavors and the fascinating stories behind them from Key West to Pensacola. Learning to care for a sourdough starter and learning to bake sourdough breads really speaks to people in a very deep way. It's part of our collective history and we're getting back to our roots and our self-sufficiency. Just like us, the Zest podcast has interviews with chefs and restaurateurs and talks about food and recipes covering the Tampa Bay area and throughout Florida. It's what we listen to when we're not doing our own show. Check out the Zest Podcast at thezestpodcast.com. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town. And on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? 
Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. Before we have uh, Seth Gonzalez on, there's a couple things I want to talk about. What you got? And, and I'm going to start with a confession. Uh-oh. For the longest time now, so we, we've been doing this pr- on a professional basis, or semi-professional maybe, for what, four years now? Yes. Yeah, o- over four years. And there's been many, many times where I hear people say, James Beard Award this, James Beard Award that, blah, 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 James Beard House, David Benstock from Miller Torn is going to go cook at James Beard's house. I'm like, crack them over. But, <laughs> but the confession is, I, not until recently, knew anything about James Beard. So you have the man. Yes. The foundation. Right. The house. Mm-hmm. And the awards. Right. Does he have a beard? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, but he was a big guy. He was, he was over six feet tall and burly and had huge hands. I'm, I'm, you have a beard. Now we could do the Kevin Beard Awards. Right. So he was the first celebrity chef. He was on TV before Julia Child, just after TVs were invented. Oh, really? Like in the late 40s. He was wow. the first chef ever on TV. And he was kicked out of culinary school because he was gay. Hmm. He had an affair with a male instructor. This was back in 1922. Yeah, that was a little... Uh... I don't know what happened to the male instructor if he got fired too, probably. But then in 1976, after becoming famous... He was actually awarded an honorary culinary degree from the same school that kicked him out. He moved to New York City. He was originally from Portland, Oregon. Right. He moved to New York City in 1937. He had traveled all over France and Europe and stuff like that and just learned on his own mm-hmm. by going to places, working in places. He, he came back to New York City in 1937. He wanted to be an actor, but it didn't work out. And at that time, New York City was experiencing what they call a cocktail party craze. Ah. So James and his friend, Bill Rhodes, capitalized on that by opening a catering company. Mm-hmm. And he was catering to rich people, right. too. Right, the so wealthy cocktail party throwers. Word got around, yeah. And so that then led to him lecturing, teaching, and writing. And he realized that part of his mission as a food connoisseur was to defend the pleasure of real cooking and fresh ingredients against the assault of the, quote, jello mold people. Right. He published his first cookbook in 1940, Hors d'oeuvres and Canapes, and that was a compilation of his catering recipes. And Julia Child said that this book, his first cookbook of many, put him on the culinary map. Wow. And then after he died at 81 years old in 1985, Julia Child wanted to preserve his home in New York City as a gathering place that had been during his life. See, he became famous and all these other famous chefs, they would have cooking parties. So he and was things. throwing cocktail parties. Yeah, yeah, it evolved <laughs> to that. So his renovated brownstone at 167 West 12th Street in Greenwich Village, New York, was purchased by a group of his friends. First to be a chef hangout, but then in 1986, the James Beard Foundation was established in his honor to provide scholarships to aspiring food professionals. Cool. And then later on, they came up with the annual James Beard Foundation Awards to celebrate uh, uh, cuisine and chefs. The, The awards actually honors American chefs, restaurants, journalists, cookbook authors, restaurant designers, and electronic media professionals. Wow. They haven't heard of us yet, I guess. (laughs) So here's what I found really interesting. Uh, This was um, in an article. There's a new book out about James Beard. Mm -hmm. Just Google new book about James Beard. And one of the things they said is James Beard was an anti-elitist. He would hate the awards that bear his name. Oh, boy. Yeah, this guy writes that James would be the loudest voice calling for radical change to the ceremony and would be deeply conflicted about having his name attached to a celebration built on restaurant industry status. And now this all comes at a time when the James Beard Awards are in upheaval. This is just this year. Right. You know, our, our award show got canceled, so did theirs. Right. What happened was 
they had been criticized uh, for mostly honoring white male chefs. Right, and they de- recall this. Mm-hmm. And they decided to cancel their awards entirely this year, in part because staff members found out that no black people had been voted as winners in their restaurant or chef categories. So now the entire awards process is under review. Hmm. So I found that to be quite intriguing. Yes, and informative. That is intriguing. I didn't know any of that. And the other thing I want to talk about that we mentioned in the intro is Sichuan peppercorns. You can also call them Szechuan peppercorns. Szechuan. So our friend uh, Diane Madison, she does a lot of cooking, Mm -hmm. and she posted that they had cooked with these and put a link to buy them. So I did. Of course you did. So they come from China, Mm -hmm. nowhere else. They are actually in the citrus family, and it's a dried berry. Okay. It's the fruit of the prickly ash tree. And by the way... The prickly ash tree? Ash. Oh, ash. <laughs> we're say. not allowed to say those words on this show. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> and actually, uh, funny thing is, I saw an article, I was researching these, and the title was something like, uh, Sichuan peppercorns aren't even a peppercorn, they're a berry. Hmm. Guess what? Nothing's a peppercorn. Black peppercorns are also a dried berry. Ah. Mm-hmm. So... And here's another thing. They're not spicy. Right. They just make your tongue go numb and your lips go yes, numb. Yes, it's crazy, man. So they're flowery. They have a flowery, perfumey aroma mm-hmm. and a citrus-like flavor. Now, Sichuan cooking is known for being very spicy, and it's known for using Sichuan peppercorns. So a lot of people get confused. They think that's the spice, but that's not the spice. Right. I saw There's an excerpt I saw on Google search uh, from smithsonianmag.com, and it's read like this. If, in the midst of a Szechuan pepper-heavy meal, you have the presence of mind to ignore the searing hot pain that fills your mouth, you might notice a more subtle effect of eating the hot peppers, a tingling, numbing sensation that envelops your lips and tongue. So here's the problem. They say Szechuan pepper-heavy meal. And they again later say the effect of eating the hot peppers. Mm -hmm. These are not hot peppers. Right. They're a dried berry. Right. And they're not spicy. Right. But... They contain a molecule called hydroxy-alpha-sanchul, which excites tactile sensors in our lips and mouth. So it makes your, like, if you, you know what, that feeling when you put a 9-volt battery on your mouth? No, I don't, honey. <laughs> but I'm not a boy. I didn't so, do that. <laughs> so we had, we made this awesome Kung Pao shrimp, and I had leftovers. So I put, ground these up and put a whole bunch in my leftovers. And it didn't work out too good because... He essentially ruined the awesome leftovers. I did. and But I also, yeah, it was an unpleasant experience because I put way, way... I put like five to six times the amount I should have. So my tongue was tingling like... My lips were tingling like crazy and my tongue was numb. And that's only supposed to last like a minute, but it was lasting like 15 minutes for me, which was... I think you said it was kind of like Novocaine. At one point, it, it kind of it changed, evolved. But ah. yeah, yeah, my tongue was kind of like it had Novocaine, like it was just numb. But then my lips were just like tingling like crazy, like a, like a physical object was like vibrating on them. Right. Really weird. Right. That is weird. It's like I would be talking like this. <laughs> this stuff makes <laughs> Okay, we sound ridiculous. <laughs> we'll be right back with Seth Gonzalez. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it.
Please welcome from Miami, Florida, the man known as the Burger Beast, Seth Gonzalez. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Seth, that was quite the hey. <laughs> yes, we're enthused. That was an after Cuban coffee hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so we have a lot of great burgers and food talk to get through, but uh, let's learn a little about you first. Uh, and since you mentioned Cuban coffee, you're Cuban yourself. Where did you grow up, go to school, and what did you do before Burger Beast? Uh, I grew up in Miami. My my family's uh, like you mentioned originally from Cuba. They went to both of the, both sides of my family were in New York. My parents met in the seventies, which is when I was born and my sister was born. And it was a rough <laughs> rough patch up in uh, in New York where they were at. So they moved to Miami in seventy five. And I grew up. I've been I, I I lived in New York maybe about a year of my life. So I only know Miami. Uh, but <laughs> right. my, my wife and I like to travel a lot, which, you know, we do. And what did I do? I did retail management for a long time. I um, was a department supervisor for Best Buy, a general manager for Metro PCS, where I was store manager for GameStop. And for a brief period, for a couple of years, I owned my own cult film store. It was called Oh, the Horror. <laughs> and, and that's something you're still into uh- personally right horror films yes yeah my mm-hmm. wife and i are both into into horror films and yeah it, i i've tried you know it's funny because my wife suggested the name burger beast so it's kind of funny that the word beast is in there and i've tried forever how to integrate both worlds and now i'm trying i'm actually making an attempt to do that where i oh, kind of talk about monster stuff and kind of like work the whole beast cool. angle into it cool so you must love halloween well, so if you ever come to my house, everyone who walks in says uh, during Halloween, they're like, wow, you guys went out for Halloween. I go, no, this is what it looks like. <laughs> our, our house just looks like this normally. I'll, I'll actually send you some pictures. And maybe you can put them up so everyone can see that. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, that would be awesome. Now, are you here in St. Pete? No, he's in Miami. Oh, in Miami. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And we, we normally uh, have every, you know, we concentrate on St. Pete. That's our niche. But we also, uh, we have a... Uh, an ad trade partnership with the Zest podcast, which is an excellent food podcast. And in our ad, we say, this is what we listen to. And we're not doing our show. And it's half true because I always do. Lori only gets to it once in a while. <laughs> but I heard uh, Seth's interview with Robin Sussingham ah, on the Zest podcast. Right. And sometimes, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm doing a chore or something, you know, maybe cleaning the kitchen or whatever, folding clothes, and I'll put on a podcast. And then a lot of times I'll finish my chore, but I haven't finished the podcast episode and I turn it off. I move on to my next thing. I go back to work. I couldn't turn this one off. Awesome. I was like, thank you. I was like, Robin, is it okay if I, if I interview Seth too? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I I had a blast, you know, I I actually uh, wanted to tell you this because I grew up here in, in the Tampa Bay area and believe it or not, I've never been to Miami. Crazy, uh, right? No, it depends when you want to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, a horrible I, thing, right? That I've never been to Miami. I, I, I don't know that now would be the right time to come over here anyway. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would not. So you have done a ton of stuff. And I want to encourage everybody listening to go to burgerbeast.com and hit the about link because if I was going to read everything on the about page, it would be the entire podcast episode. <laughs> so if you don't mind, Seth, I'm just going to read a few. Sure, sure. Uh, you were awarded a Guinness Book of World Record for the largest parade of food trucks in 2013. Wow. I'd be proud of that. It was actually it was actually broken by Tampa the following year. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. In Tampa. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fine. It was my idea to do it, and it was a blast. We were the first ones to set it. They can keep breaking it all they want. We were the first ones. That's, that's all I mean. <laughs> That's right. There, there you, you go. go. So- Seth has been on the Food Network, Travel Channel, and f- featured on other food programs from Canada, England, and Sweden. In 2019, you had a your book come out all about the burger, which I think we need to get that. Yes. Will you sign one for us? Not only will I sign one, if you want to give one away to your listeners, I'd be more than happy to sh- send one signed to them too. Oh, that would uh, be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll, great. We'll definitely do that. And every check this out. Every year... On April 7th, the city of Miami Springs celebrates Burger Beast Day. Wow. We got to work on that for St. Pete for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, w- it, was, it was a nice surprise 
the mayor was very appreciative because Miami Springs was is a little sleepy part of town in Miami, and I always went there to eat. Uh, there was a lot of great spots that, that were kind of needed to be dis- discovered by those outside of the area, and I frequented it, and people started coming. Uh, I mean, he says, I, I'm not going to go tooting my own horn, but he says <laughs> a lot of people start coming because I was writing about it, and I was I went to... I don't get involved in politics at all, but my wife suggested I go to his reelection party. It was something like that. And I didn't want to go because I'm like, I, I stay away from getting involved in politics. Mm-hmm. And my wife just, I, I, I was like, look, I'm going to go because she's going to drive me nuts. She's, if she hears it, she'll laugh because it's true. I was like, why is she so pushy for me to go to this place? I didn't know is that they were going to do the Burger Beast proclamation, Burger Beast Day proclamation at the event. Oh, that's so, so cool. So, oh, so she knew and she right. wanted to surprise you. Well, I, I love your wife. She's uh-huh. awesome. Well, the funniest part is my parents were there and I got there and I was like, my parents, what are they doing here? <laughs> <laughs> that's great that you were so surprised. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. And it takes a lot to surprise me because I'm like always paying attention to everything. Yeah, so, but who, was- who would think that, right? <laughs> right? Where would you come up with that? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, and you, you travel, you recently came out with, uh, Robin mentioned this on the Zest, uh, the, I think it was the 24 best burgers in all of Florida. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's way more than 24, but it, it oh, was yeah. very difficult to kind of like yeah. uh, shrink it down to that number. It, it, it is not easy doing those lists. We, we do them ourselves. You know, again, we concentrate in St. Pete, which I think everybody knows. And so you did the all the 24 best in Florida. I think you also have a best in Miami list of burgers as well. Right. And I'm actually uh, in December going to do uh, for Miami best 10, 10 burgers under $10. Oh, cool. Uh, that's cool. Awesome. And then do you also do stuff outside of Florida or you stick to just Florida? As far as writing about, you mean, or lists? Uh, either one. I, I Yes, definitely writing about. Um, you know, last year when we my book came out, your publishing company, wanted to sign me up for a bunch of local bookshops to sign. And I said, I'd rather do a road trip and sign at burger joints. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. What a cool idea. So I I reached out to some restaurants I've, I've only followed, but didn't really know. And, you know, I was actually lucky enough. We have a relationship. We've been friends with white castle for a while. So we went to their main store in Columbus. We did a signing downtown. Cool. Uh, We were in Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Georgia, and I think Tennessee is the other one. And Northern Ooh. Florida, we were in Jacksonville also doing a couple of things. We never did one in Tampa, unfortunately. Yeah. Did well. did any Tampa Bay area uh, burgers make your list for Florida? Yeah, this place called Goody Goody. Ah. <laughs> ah, cool. Nice. So we have to try that out now. Where, where are they at, uh, Seth? Oh, my God. You're going you're, you're gonna to throw me for a loop. I don't know. It's Tampa. <laughs> Tampa area. Okay, right. yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. When, they, they, sometimes I can talk to you about a restaurant. I can tell you about the food and then where exactly. Uh, I don't remember. I know what, <laughs> what general vicinity it was when I ate there. Right. Well, so at some point we'll have to get you to St. Pete and have you try some burgers here. Yes, I definitely uh, have my eyes on one that I think you just res- recently posted. It might, might have been today. Well, not not today when we're recording this, but. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. might, uh, posted an, engine, an engine number nine. Oh, one. yeah. Engine, engine number, number nine is. And it was, like, it was like what I call their, their more normal burger. I think it was just like a bacon cheeseburger. Right. Yeah. They have, a bunch they have of- some crazy ass burgers yeah. on that menu. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not generally a fan of of insanity on burgers. I'm not a fan. Of, funny enough that are, you know, people would think because it's burger beast that I want like those burgers crazy that don't ones. fit in your mouth, and I don't. I want a simple, perfect burger. Me too. Nice. I'm the same way. That's cool. Yeah, I, I definitely. That was one of my questions I was going to ask you. Like, what do you think <laughs> about the burgers that are literally the size of your head? Yeah, those, those are those are called stunt burgers. By the way, if you yeah, didn't know, they, yeah. Yeah. They're Instagram burgers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't eat it. No. Yeah. When we did, we started doing, um, I don't know if we were even going to discuss this, but I did pop-ups and I have currently selling my burgers at a restaurant. It's got four locations here in Miami. And one of the things that someone wrote, I thought they got me was, I'm not trying to create a beautiful burger. I'm just trying to create a tasty burger. Yeah. Right. So, so I wasn't trying to make something that looked beautiful on the Instagram. It's fine if it does. Sometimes it looks really ugly. I don't really care. I care as long as it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that on your website. I saw that. So you have, is it four different burgers that you've created? Yes. So we do, it's a five ounce smash patty. We smash onions, like diced onions into it. 
uh, we just uh, season it with salt and then we put a uh, cheese and then we do a couple slices of pickles and then we do my guava sriracha ketchup on mm. it. So we yeah. do that version. We do one called the Georgie boy, which is the same ingredients, but we do tartar sauce with the guava sriracha ketchup. Wow. We, we do a double, which is called the doubly. And then, uh, by the way, Georgie boy is named after a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> El Comelon 305 on Instagram. And, and so, and then the third one is called Acabayo, which means it has a fried egg on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually saw the photos yet. Yeah, and again, I'm going to encourage the listeners to go to burgerbeast.com and look for the, for the photos for those burgers. So you really get an idea of what Seth means when he says, I'm not trying to make them pretty. Right. <laughs> they, they look like a mess, but they also look like they taste amazing. <laughs> this is a really hard podcast for me to be doing, Seth, because I've been on Weight Watchers for the last six weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I remember Weight Watchers from the 80s. Yeah. I, they have completely <laughs> revamped it. Let me tell you, I've dropped 18 and a half pounds in six weeks. I hope you're not drinking tab because, you know, they just discontinued that. <laughs> they <laughs> did. I was, I was, That's just water. I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually bummed about tab. That was one of my favorites when I was a kid, but I guess I shouldn't be bummed because I don't really drink it now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's going away. I didn't drink enough tab. Yeah, those so, burgers sound great, though. So you mentioned t- when talking about your your burgers that they're smash burgers, which I believe you were telling Robin is that's your favorite type of burger, correct? That's my favorite style. Yeah, I, I, I you know, there's uh, without getting into all the categories, and you can I, I have a page on my site called Burger Sales. You can kind of read through if you want to figure out what exactly is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's their styles, styles as far as how they're cooking the technique, and then their styles as far as regional. In Miami, for example, the frita cubana, which is street food in Cuba, is kind of like a smash burger, and it does. Even though some people here in Miami put chorizo in it, it really is not chorizo. It's really all the seasoning from chorizo in the ground beef. Mm. Ah, okay. so it has the That's smoked cool. paprika and the cumin and the garlic. So it's kind of like you were seasoning sausage, but you're seasoning your meat with it. So a lot of people think there's chorizo and you're like, there's no chorizo. It's that it's the seasoning that kind of gives that illusion. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah. So yeah, you even have a whole, you have a whole section on your website devoted to Frita Cubana. Oh, that's my love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my love. And and let's also uh, let the listeners know for, in case anybody is not completely aware of what is a smash burger. Sure. So a smash burger was something that was pioneered uh, by White Castle. White Castle opened in 1929, but one of the founders, as early as it is believed, 1916, uh, created this technique. Back then, burgers were kind of like almost like a meatball. They were just like uh, a massive beef on a a flat top. Mm -hmm. He realized he could cook faster and more efficiently if he smashed a ball and pushed it down using a spatula. Some people use like the, the, what's it called, the tro. Is that what it's called? A trough? I don't know. It has like the handle on it. Right, right. Um, You'll find that old burger spatulas were something like that. And so he did that with onions. Eventually, that's what White Castle became known for. And about 20 years after they became known for that, they kind of switched to the frozen patties where they (laughs) added the little holes so that they wouldn't have to flip the burgers and lose that time. So Uh if you watch... And they don't use fresh. They don't use fresh onions anymore. They use the dehydrated onions, the minced onions. Right. So if you ever watch White Castle, any videos of them, they actually fill the flat top with minced onions after they've been added. You know, they've been rehydrated in the water, and hmm. then they put these little, these little frozen squares, and mm-hmm. they never flip the burgers. Wow. Right. Once they don't have to. They don't have to. It, it cooks from the steam, and then they just put the buns or the cheese, and then just flip it. I was one of the, I, I've been to Ohio twice, to Columbus twice. And my original reason for visiting Ohio is White Castle invited uh, me and my friends to check out their headquarters. Oh, that's and awesome. We, and we went to their main store, which when we went four years later had been totally torn down and remodeled. But when I went with my friends, it was lunchtime. And uh, Jamie Richardson, who's the vice president of White Castle, said, you want to get on the grill? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like a giant line outside, you know, like 10 cars in the drive-thru. And I saw that. Now they have two, they had two griddles going. So it's not like I was going to, let's say, affect them as bad. But I was like, no, I didn't like the stress of that. But when I went back last year during my book signing, I, and it's in the pictures are on the on my site. And I think I recently put them on my Instagram. You can actually see pictures of me cooking a burger at the, at the, at the <laughs> restaurant. Oh, that's cool. Cool. 
That's awesome. Hey, Seth, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back in a minute and a half. We'll be right back. Keep on moving. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? We are back! We are back! We are back with Seth Gonzalez, also known as the Burger Beast. And before the break, we were talking about White Castle. Yes. And you are... You haven't had White Castle, Lori, but you've had I something had, very I similar. I have had White Castle. I had oh, it okay. in Ohio oh, okay. uh, when I went to visit a friend in Cincinnati, but I grew up on Crystal Burgers because my mother was a huge Crystal Burger lover. Have, and so how, have you, how do you compare those? You trying to start problems here? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you, know, you know who was a giant Crystal fan? Elvis Presley. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's probably my, my mom loved them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are similar, yet they are different. One of the main things to take away from them, Crystal is a copycat of White Castle, right? yeah, regardless. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. They started about a good 15 years after White Castle did. It, I think they're they're similar, but I think there's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, White Castle is the original, so you're like, this is better. Like, you convince yourself it's better. I don't know that. It, I, I went into it knowing that White Castle is the original and Crystal. I used to go, there used to be a Crystal in Fort Lauderdale. It mm-hmm. closed about four or five years ago. I, I, I stopped going, but actually I like Crystal. I like the little mini, they're called the chick, they're a chicken sandwich. Oh, I never that's had one what, of those. That's I, I always had to have the burgers. Right. When I was pregnant, I used to drive all the way across town and order them for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, main, the main difference also with the Crystal and the White Castle is the condiments. You know, usually Crystal oh. had the pickle, mustard, onion. Right. And then depending on White Castle, what state you're in, what comes on the, on the actual you know, the sliders uh, varies from ketchup and mustard to just mustard or just ketchup and onion. Ah. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I know White Castle from when I uh, grew up in New Jersey. And for me, it's back then the bars would close at 2 a.m. <laughs> and the White Castle and th- would be packed. And White Castle would <laughs> fill up. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you were on the Zest also, I uh, Robin asked you your opinion on adding other things to the patty besides beef. Uh-huh. And you you said no, it's not a hamburger anymore, which I agree with you. Right, it's a meatloaf. So, <laughs> but what's what's your take? And I want to talk about ground beef, but also uh, one of the places here in downtown St. Pete, brick and mortar. Their burger is just raved about. It's one of our favorites. And I just want to sure. see what your take is. What they do is a blend of different beef cuts: tenderloin, fillet, and short rib, which they grind in house themselves. Oh, I, I don't have any problems with blends uh, mm-hmm. as long as they came from a cow. <laughs> right, right, right. I think I think the issue um, is mixing garlic and diced onions, and I know people start putting you know breadcrumbs, and I'm like, that's where we start. Very, it yeah. starts going away from being a burger and being a meatloaf because you're kind. Of, and, and by the way, I love meatloaf. Like right. I, I believe I said in, on her on her podcast, I love meatloaf, but that's not what I'm going after. Or the burger, it's usually the seasoning. 
right. uh, on the outside. You want to season it. I know people who do seasoning blends on the outside. The minute you start putting things inside, it's not a burger. No, before right. I know someone's going to bring up the fact that I just mentioned the frita cubana <laughs> and I see that every seasoning goes in there because I know how it goes. Someone's going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the frita cubana was the Cuban take on the hamburger and Cubans can't help themselves. They have to, you know, one up everybody. So they do put seasoning <laughs> in it. Some people consider it a burger. Some don't. In Miami, it's really not a burger. It's its own thing. So right. it's up to you to decide. I, I grew up eating it because my dad worked for Wise Potato Chips when I was a kid. And we were on the road all the time during the summers. And here, I don't think it's too big in Tampa and, and St. Pete area, but the ventanitas, which are just like the windows. Um, I'm not even sure if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, but you go to a Cuban cafeteria and they have a window and you just go to the window, you order a coffee or a croqueta or a pastelito, like a pastry, mm-hmm. and you just eat it standing at the window. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's uh, Moro Castle, which opened in the 60s in Hialeah. And my dad took me there. I must have been five or six. And he took me to have a, a frita there. I didn't know what it was. He told me it was a Cuban hamburger. And I remember... Uh, and I wrote, wrote about this on my blog that I was fearful that he was going to dis- be disappointed. I didn't like it. So I was so happy when I did. And so, <laughs> right. And, and so since then I've had fritas, my wife is Nicaraguan. So she had not had a frita till we started dating and she did not like it. Now she loves them, <laughs> but maybe it's an acquired taste. I don't know what to, t- I, I know. I mean, Tampa does have a few, the uh-huh. West Coast of Florida does have, I haven't found one that are as good as the Miami ones. I'm not, you know, trying to start a war <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, and this, this gives me heat in Miami. I love the Miami Cuban, but you know, the Tampa Cuban, you're adding salami. I can't, I can't say it's going to be worse. It's got to be better if it's got more tasty meat in it. So. <laughs> exactly. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was, I was not going to bring this subject up because I was afraid. Yeah, I wondered about that too. I was thinking about that. I was like, hmm, what's he going to say about All the right. Cuban? <laughs> thanks, th- thanks for making it easy on me on that one. Yeah. It, it's funny. The whole Tampa Miami thing, it seems that Tampa's more into it than Miami. I mean, Miami's just, Tampa's, adamant about saying hey this is the cuban and i have a hundred percent belief i know that the colombia restaurant kind of investigated the history and traced it back to tampa and i wholeheartedly believe it is right. and for people who said uh, i've had people who tell me oh i had that sandwich in cuba i go no in cuba it's called the sandwich you know they, in cuba you don't say can i have a cuban sandwich Obviously, <laughs> <that's> ridiculous right <laughs> it's like when we were in italy and it said italian food here <laughs> Sign outside yeah, that said yeah. Italian food here. We're yeah. like, really? Run as fast as you can. <laughs> That's definitely for tourists. <laughs> here, here in Miami, even when you order coffee and you're at a restaurant, you're like, can I get coffee? And they're like, do you want espresso or American? Like they call it American. Like any part of the United States, uh, you don't have to say I want American coffee. You just take <laughs> coffee. You know what you're getting. Here's right. the only place you got to specify what kind of coffee you're looking for. Right. That's right. Funny. So I uh, yesterday when I was uh, doing some reading and research for this episode, uh, I love when I learn new things, and I sent you uh, a link on uh, Instagram Messenger, and and it kind of goes back to at first I was looking at the like ground beef, and I was looking at the brick and mortar burger that I just described, where they use like whole beef cuts that they grind, and then I looked up ground beef, and I found this article. It said ground beef versus hamburger. Do you know the difference? I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So. I'm not going to even go into the whole thing. It was it was kind of confusing. I had to read the article like three times to figure it out. But basically, it's still confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but what was really cool too was, the, the, and they put a YouTube video that was from a different place. It wasn't from the author of the article. And the YouTube video basically really just explained uh, that ground beef comes from like the trimmings. So when they're getting, they're doing their full cuts that people would be familiar with, like their their ribeye and their tenderloin, sirloin, and all that. There's pieces that don't kind of fit in with what that cut's supposed to be. There's parts in between the right. full cuts that becomes ground beef. But this guy was saying basically that any ground meat that's labeled hamburger meat can have extra fat added that didn't come from beef fat. Hmm. And it's only this article. Then I Googled, I found this by accident. And then I, so then I Googled ground beef versus uh, hamburger meat. And I found a whole bunch of other articles that did not explain it properly. They just like were going around in circles. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just are contradicting yourself. But any, I've never seen hamburger meat 
I've always just seen right, ground beef. Well, you see hamburger patties that are made, pre-made in the store, but yeah. Right. But the deal is, and this is coming to my next question now, when they're making ground beef, so they might have scraps from one cut that has more fat in it and then scraps from another cut or trimmings, they call them, that has less fat and they need to hit a certain ratio. They, that's why they use different trimmings from different areas to get the ratio they want. So Seth, what is your lean to fat ratio that you prefer? Well, I, I didn't read the article. I actually pulled it up right here yeah. just in case. <laughs> and uh, no, 80-20 is pretty much the standard you're going to hear people tell you when you're doing mm-hmm. a burger uh, with 20% mm-hmm. fat. I've always found the leaner beef to taste a little slightly different. Now, sirloin mm-hmm. is leaner. Do I like it? Sure. But I think for me, it's not only the combination of the, the lean to fat, but the technique based on what uh, percentage you're doing. So... For example, we did a 70 30, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we were doing my pop up, and we found that on a flat top, it works really well because when we sear it, it holds everything inside. But if we char grill it, like on a barbecue grill mm-hmm. outside, it, it, it really shrunk mm-hmm. in size. Uh, it kind of like the fat just went wow. away, you know? So it's very important to know i i would say which one you want to do but generally the safest bet is to do 80 20 gotcha. cool we nice. might ha- i might have to try to talk you into doing a guest article for us on, on our site <laughs> so what, sure. what's your favorite fast food burger okay so are we talking na- so fast food we're doing national or just regional uh, because you know there might be stuff here in florida that is not on the right. west coast uh, um, why don't you give us one of each? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's say. So for fast food, are we saying drive? Yeah. Let's say drive through. Is that what the rules the rules right. in place? Sure. Uh, what I would I would say Wendy's. Really? Wendy's. Just the square bur- the regular square burger. I like the the smaller, not the regular, because it, after Dave Thomas passed, they oh. changed the patties. If you get the, I think they're called the uh, double stacks. Mm-hmm. I think they're called mm-hmm. the smaller okay. ones. Those are. Those are better. They're much more similar to the ones they used to serve origi- originally. I haven't had a Wendy's burger in a long time, yeah, so me, I didn't know that. Yeah, me too. I have to, maybe I have to go refresh our memories. Get the double stack. Yeah, yeah. Dave Thomas was like, you're going to change this burger over my dead body. And then they did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, I couldn't believe it. Now, what's interesting about Wendy's, and I talk about it in my book, is Wendy's was inspired by a chain called QP that opened in hmm. 1923. And I have a, I would say, uh, again, another, an unnatural obsession with them. Once I found out about them, because I love Wendy so much as a kid, I was like, I have to visit them. So there's three QPs in Lima, Ohio. There's one in Michigan and there's huh. one in Wisconsin. So I haven't been to the one in Wisconsin. I have been to the one in Michigan. It's called uh-huh. Weston's QP. It's in Lansing. And then out of Flint, there's Halo Burger. Now, even though it's not called QP, it's the actual original QP corporation they changed their name they started franchising and that's how these all these businesses that are unattached to each other are actually part of the oh, QP wow. chain unofficially so halo burger is the original corporation uh weston's qp was in lansing family owned um awesome they do an awesome olive burger if you've never heard of that you have to investigate it i, I can't even find an olive wow. sauce anywhere i've been begging i've been begging them to send me olive sauce <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, uh, just a couple of days ago, I'm not even kidding. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, please sell me olive sauce. And so the Wisconsin one I haven't been to, the three in Lima, been there a couple of times. I did a book signing there. And then there's Wilson Hamburgers, which is also in, in Ohio. And they were a QP that had to change its name because the franchise did not allow them. There was already someone who had the oh. franchise rights to that area. They opened as QP and then became Wilson Sandwich Shop, but it actually is a QP. It's oh, wow. the same style. They all get they all get their burgers locally. The burgers are all you guessed it square, and <laughs> they have chili made from the previous day's beef, and they do thick malt shakes, which happens yeah. to be just wow, like that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And Dave Thomas worked on one, but yeah, oh wow, <laughs> cool. yeah. no, Dave Thomas actually worked on Hollis. I don't want to get I don't want to deviate here and start telling you the whole story of my book. But <laughs> so, what's your take on the Impossible and Beyond Burgers? What's that? Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of our take. That's how too. long you feel too? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Ward Smith again. He was a previous guest, and uh, he he's on a plant based diet, and we asked him the same question, and he said, "Well, those are plant based because they come out of a processing plant." Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I I have to agree with that. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of calling something something that it isn't. So right, if a hamburger has always been ground beef since right. the the nineteen early 1900s, and then now we're calling something that's not even natural, let's say. Right. A hamburger, I have a problem with that. Or a burger. Right. 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 Come up with another name for it. Yeah. We, we just lost our three vegetarian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're okay. I, I judged the, the first uh, vegan burger battle ever in Miami Beach oh, wow. about five years ago. Yeah. And I kind of had, had a great time. My wife dropped me off because it was on the beach and there was no parking anywhere. Wow. She thought I might be late. I walked in to vote. She was afraid that that the the vegans and vegetarians were going to pick on me. <laughs> uh, and I had a blast with them because I the whole time I kept telling them this isn't a burger, and they would laugh at everything <laughs> I would say. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I actually then got when they told me, okay, we, all the judges need to go on the stage. I was like, are you crazy? I'm not going up there so someone can throw something at me. <laughs> but, oh, they were actually very cool to me. I, I can say that I, I had a great time. There was a couple burgers that I, I think that could pass for for ground beef if you didn't know what what ground beef tastes like. Right. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, but I've yet to try anything that's not ground beef. You know, that's why I said when um, I was actually going to do a vegan event earlier this year, right before <laughs> everything went down, and people thought I was kidding. I had even done the event page for it, mm-hmm. and one of the local newspapers here, the Miami New Times, asked me you know, you shouldn't be doing that if you're not going to follow through. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, <laughs> I'm really doing a vegan event. Everyone thought I was kidding. Right. And they didn't realize I was actually going to do a, a vegan frita because, because a frita is all based on the flavor. So I can take quote unquote fake meat right. and season it the same way I would do ground beef. And I, it's closer. I, I will be able to pull that off. Right. That makes sense. And you don't have mm-hmm. to call it what it isn't. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And also, yeah, it was called it was called fake frita, by the way. Uh, the name uh, of the that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of events, I mean, that's that's is that where you really got your start? I think there's a mix of things. You know, when in 2008 when I started the blog, one of the things I love talking about is that people forget what it was like in 2008 if you were a blogger. You know, number one, your cell phone camera was horrible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was using a razor initially, and my first few pictures on my blog were from a Motorola razor. I have since taken the pictures down. I should send them to you because they're <laughs> so awful. Yeah, so awful. Oh, and we have some like I that start. <laughs> I started taking a digital camera with me in my pocket because you weren't really. It was frowned upon for you to take pictures. Right. People didn't like it. You take out a camera, people start looking. at Restaurants thought you were stealing ideas. I don't know what was going on. Right. It was crazy. I remember being at a food truck called Land House here. And I was taking pictures and his mom thought that I was trying to steal all their ideas because she saw me with a little digital camera in my hand taking pictures of all the food. (laughs) I I remember getting kicked out of not one, but two Burger Kings. Oh, my God. Wow. Because they had just remodeled the one. I live right near Burger King headquarters corporate store because the headquarters are right about a mile from my house. Mm -hmm. And they had just remodeled. I went in there to take pictures and they told me, what are you doing? I'm like, taking pictures. You can't be doing that. I'm like. Okay, you're going to have to leave. Okay. But I had already taken the picture, so it didn't really matter. Uh Um, Then when they opened the Whopper Bar, which was, you know, they were going to start doing beers with, uh, and they opened it on the beach. My friend was with me, who's a photographer, and he was taking pictures of me ordering and eating and and eating with a Budweiser. Mm -hmm. And they came over and told me, you need to leave. I go, I can't even finish my food. I'm like, you you can't be taking pictures anymore. I'm like, can I at least finish my food? And we had to like show them that we turned off the camera and took the battery out oh, or whatever, or dismantle it to, so they would allow us to sit there and finish our meal. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you were going to do something sneaky, you wouldn't be doing it right in front right. of Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was also funny because when I went to order, all the staff was like posing, you know? So uh. it's like, yeah. and so then all of a sudden, I guess the manager got worked up and came to, to, to tell us something. But I remember those days, it was funny to have a little digital camera in my pocket. I have it somewhere. And then it would go on a little card, and then I had a card reader I would plug into my computer. You know, oh, I used you didn't to have that. It. Yeah, I used to do the same. Wow, yeah, how times have changed, right? <laughs> yeah. Now it's so, and, and even the blog posts, I mean, doing being a blogger was a lot more work. It still is. 
mm-hmm. than just being an influencer yes. on, on, on Instagram. And one thing is to take a picture, write a couple paragraphs that you spell a bunch of things wrong. And another thing is um, you sitting there at the time to curate your ideas yep. and, and put them down and edit the images and be very picky about what images and what point you're trying to get across yep. about what you do. And for me, if they told me, what what, what would you get rid of your uh, from your repertoire? I would say remove my Instagram. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would say because I actually prefer having a blog and getting my content. I can get my full thoughts out there. It's exactly right. right. People do not realize. It's, it's a good three to four hour production to do all of that. Yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Yes. Yeah. And... Go ahead. It's, 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 um, and, and sometimes it kills me. You know, my wife sees me t- talking to her about it. It's like, you know, I spend a lot of time doing a certain post and it doesn't get, right. let's say, the traction some picture you put up does. Yeah. It's disappointing. You know, I was excited. Oh, I'm going to write about this. And then no one cares. You're like, <laughs> if this was eight, I feel like, you know, now I'm like a, the grandpa of the bloggers. I'm like, if this was eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So, so as you said, you started in 2008. So you've been doing it for 12 years. And you've, you've had a burger museum, you've done food truck events, you have your own branded food products, a couple of sauces, but what was the, what started Burger Beast? What was the first thing? What, uh, well, the blog was the first thing because my, I was just increasingly frustrated with my retail management job. Mm-hmm. I had won a lot of, uh, let's say accolades there. And I felt that it didn't give me the respect I wanted. And I was looking to get a promotion. I kind of felt I was kind of getting looked over and I was, Extremely frustrated. My wife said, why don't you just as an outlet, she suggests that I write about my food experiences, in particular, the burger stuff. Since a lot of people always ask me, either when they were in town or we went on vacation with our friends, I was the one who kind of put together our plan, mm-hmm. not only the food, but where we were going. Cool. And I said it was a cool idea. I, I, I spent a week trying to figure out what I would call it. I really wanted to call it, now that's a tasty burger because I love Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. And someone owned that URL, and then she suggested to call it uh, Burger Beast. Uh, she denies that she told me it's because I'm like a beast when I'm eating my burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I very clearly remember that. So that's a battle for another day. Uh, she suggested the name. It was her idea. And one day I bought the name, and it was almost a It took about eight months before, after I bought the URL on GoDaddy. I, I didn't know anything about blogging. I wasn't familiar. I had followed a couple of blogs here and there. And we went to eat at a pizza place, and which I used to eat when I was a kid. It was called Flores Pizza. And I went there because someone told me they had a great meatball sub. And I get there, and they had, like, one of those old-school, like, specials that it's, like, like a star, you know, like a neonish kind of car- – and handwritten mm-hmm. Cheeseburger, you know, four nine nine or whatever, and I was like, "That's kind of weird." So I said, "What's the deal with this?" And they're like, "Oh, we're do- we're hand patting our own burgers, we're baking our own bread." And I'm like, really? "All right, I'll, I'll 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 buy into that." I ordered the burger. It's a cheeseburger. They they hand patted it. They baked their own bun. Kind of weird that a pizza place would even care that much about a burger, right? right. I t- I took a picture of it with my Motorola razor, <laughs> and I got home that night and and I wrote about the I wrote about it. Under, uh, that was my first post as a burger beast. Oh, that's so uh, funny uh, from a pizza place. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's called East Side, but it was called Flores when I was a kid. Cool. And uh, they have great pizza too. And it's funny because the blog was called Burger Beast. I, I didn't. I never really had the intention for people to refer to me as Burger Beast. It just <laughs> people just thought like that's what I was calling myself. I was like, oh, I don't generally name myself things so <laughs> that's funny. so so most people now don't even want to call me burger beast they just say beast when they refer to me so I'm like <laughs> so you were starting to plan out having your own burger beast burger joint right and then covid came right. i guess right we did a series of pop-ups at mojo donuts here in miami the owner of mojo one of the owners of mojo and i have been friends since we were about 10 years old and we celebrated my birthday there and we I told him I had all these ideas, all these recipes and stuff that I had kind of accumulated. And I was like, I wanted to do the best of, I wanted to do like retro new school. I would want, I want to call it. I wanted people to walk in now and, you know, like someone's parents or grandparents be like, this is what I loved about going to a burger joint. But I wanted people to kind of see that it's still steeped in, in, you know, burgers from today. And it wasn't just historical. So I was trying to do like blurring of the lines between old school and new school. Right. Uh, The decor and everything was along the same lines with newer design artwork. 
our tables were were wrapped with old posters and pictures from our events, and then we did them in sepia tone, and we wrapped all the tables kind of like the old school Wendy's tables. Right. And so if you kind of looked around, you could kind of point out where so, what inspired what in there. And the simple the menu was rather simple. We did our our you know our smash burger, the burger beast. We did the Georgie boy. We did French fries. We did fried apple pies, like the old McDonald's pies, right. uh, and we did a few shakes. And then towards the tail end, we introduced our cereal breaded chicken tenders. Oh, cereal! What kind yeah. of cereal? I can't tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing cornflakes, but you don't have to tell us. And you also have a couple of your own jarred sauces that you sell. There's the guava sriracha ketchup and a honey mustard curry. Oh, yum. Yeah, yeah. So the, the guava sriracha ketchup was actually inspired by something in your neck of the woods. Mm. From uh, from uh, Biff Burger. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Biff Burger, yeah. yeah uh, Biff Burger has kind of like a barbecue ketchup, and I really liked it, and I... I, I I was looking for a recipe online for it or something similar so I could make it at home. And I made it at home, and then I just started tinkering with it, and I ended up with my guava sriracha ketchup. Oh, wow. I, I don't even know if how that's possible, but that's that's actually what happened. Cool. <laughs> what are your favorite toppings for burgers? I like to keep it simple, just onions. I mean, if I can just have a straight onion pickle mustard, which is kind of the real old school way when you go to – Go to any burger joint pre that has existed since 1940. It's some variation of mustard, pickle, and onions. Uh, one might do it with pickles. One might do it without onions. But it's just that variation. So I I like to try the first time I go somewhere a burger like that if possible. If not, I'll just do straight cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bacon cheeseburgers every once in a while. And, and really, the first time I go, I do really want to try whatever the signature burger, unless it's something absolutely ridiculous that I don't want to try. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. No no lettuce and tomato. No. And, Hell no. <laughs> and, and, and you don't like ketchup on there either, unless it's like that barbecue style. Yeah, I, I think the barbecue, I, I'm not a big ketchup person. Um, I We had, a, <laughs> one of our events, we had uh, Heinz as, as a sponsor. <laughs> and they kind of didn't like the fact that I said that while they were my sponsor. And I was like, I'm just keeping it real. I mean, I'm not telling people not to have ketchup. I'm saying I don't. Well, luckily they sell mustard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I like ketchup. I, I eat my French fries usually without ketchup. I just eat French fries. I don't really dip them in things. Yeah, I yeah. kind of do that too. I, I, I like to put salt and pepper on them. Occasionally I have ketchup with my fries, but I think it kind of covers up the flavor of the fries. Yeah, if they're good fries. If they're they're frozen fries that are not remarkable, the ketchup helps. Right. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was in junior high, uh, I noticed I got to that school my, my sophomore year, my junior year, and I, everyone was eating their fries. They would put a pile of yellow mustard and then put a bunch of black pepper in it. Nice. And eat their fries. By the way, it's so good. I don't know why. Oh, I would totally do I don't that. Know why. I love yellow mustard. Yeah. I, I inv- introduced Kevin to the joys of yellow mustard. Yes. <laughs> so, Seth, you are, even though you're Burger Beast, you're not just about burgers. You are into comfort food as well. And who isn't really? Right. And so you, there's a whole section on your site under comfort food where we have barbecue, breakfast, chicken tenders, donuts, fried chicken, the frita cubana we were talking about hot dogs, and pizza. And I think that covers the best stuff that we all love. And I want to touch on three things here, uh, starting with chicken tenders. You did what I thought was kind of a funny, quick little review. You were at your parents' house and they had the Publix newspaper ad there advertising the Publix chicken tender sandwich. And you're like, I got to try that out. And I'm just going to read what you wrote. So it's a Publix Deli crispy chicken tender sandwich. Oh, the deal is two for $6. Wow. Then it's a hand-breaded fried chicken tender, American cheese, bacon, dill pickle, dill pickle chips, sorry, mayo and mustard mix on a brioche roll. And here's what Seth said. When I saw the Publix ad at my parents' house this morning, I knew that this was, I knew what lunch was going to be. This crispy chicken tender sandwich can cannot be beat for $3. It's got ham, cheddar cheese, and a couple of pickles on a semi-fresh semi brioche <laughs> roll. The mayo mustard was nowhere to be found, which was okay because I had my Sir Kensington special sauce ready to go. Sir K went perfectly with the potato wedges too. Warning, this sandwich is not made to order. Uh, Th- thanks for taking one for the team on that one. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, it, I thought it was kind of like, I love public subs. I think that's like a, yes, yeah, we do too. a Florida thing. Yeah. But it's it's a sandwich that they have sitting there under like a heat lamp area. Ah, it's not made to order. Right. Um, it's supposed to have bacon. Now, mine had ham for some reason. I don't know why. And people were arguing with, not arguing, but they kept bringing up bacon. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, mine had ham. Right. My wife's had bacon. Mine did not. I don't know why. Yeah, huh. yeah um, I saw it in the photo that you were said ham. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I, again, for three dollars, I don't think I'm not going to go back. <laughs> right. <crying over>. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's a, when we were um, at one last year. We were interviewing uh, Laura Riley, who's the former uh, food critic for Tampa Bay Times, and she was saying that you know when you're when you're judging food or critiquing, you have to first say to yourself, what is this supposed to be? What's this supposed to be representing? I mean, if it's supposed to, you know, it's not supposed to be, you know, a, a gourmet food. Right, right. Um, so you got to judge it based on, you know, on that. And I was going to go back to the Frida Cubana, but we actually did already talk about that. It's pretty cool. Right. But I wanted to also ask you about pizza. And what's the pizza like in Miami? Do they have New York pizza, Naples pizza, wood-fired I, I can't say I'm an expert in pizza. Um, okay. I, I do love pizza and, and kind of those categories are based on the stuff that I'll try when I'm on road trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually try to eat at one pizza spot. Uh, I'll try to eat at one donut spot. What I do find is a lot of the old school spots that I found are obviously burger joints and donut shops mm-hmm. that seem to be in, you know, old, old buildings. Right. Um, but as far as pizza, I mean, I love New York style pizza, mm-hmm. but is there a lot of it out there? No, no there's not. Not, <laughs> not, 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 good, not good New yeah. York style pizza. Right. No, not really, in Florida. Yeah, Miami, the oldest one in my uh, spot in Miami opened in 1955. It's called Frankie's. They do a, like a grandma style slice, like square. Mm-hmm. It's different because it's like par cooks. They melt the toppings on there. I love it, but I've been having it since I was a little kid. Right. right. And that's kind of like maybe not a fair assessment. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, when you've had something since you were a kid, you think it's probably, you could think, and I'm, and I'm not talking, I'm not disparaging Frankie's because I do think it's great. I know people who try it for the first time as an adult and, and say, this is a pizza. Right. 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 And that's, you know, that's where our battles start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm willing to fight that battle more than the Miami versus Tampa Cuban sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So I, I, I have one last question. With uh, Thanksgiving coming up next week, are you getting a Popeye's Cajun turkey for Thanksgiving? So I don't think that's the first time they do that, right? <laughs> no, I, I think they were saying that, that they brought it back. Right. I, I was thinking about it. I might. That might be a good idea. Yeah. You know, I there Popeyes recently started popping up around me because Popeyes moved their headquarters to Miami. Oh, oh wow! Didn't cool. know that. Wow. So, and and the same company that owns Popeyes also owns a Burger King. So the Burger King headquarters moved to a smaller building about maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and then now one side of the building says Burger King and the other side says Popeyes. Oh, wow. You That's can see cool. it. You could see it from the expressway. That building's on one side of the expressway, and the Miami airport's on the other side of the expressway. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah and you have over 60,000 followers on both Instagram and Facebook. And I mentioned the website already, burgerbeast.com, and it's simple on Instagram and Facebook, at burgerbeast. Try to keep it simple, like my burgers. <laughs> Seth Gonzalez, thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you, Seth. Thanks so much for having me. And hopefully we'll see each other soon in your neck of the woods. And when you come to Miami, I got to take you to have a Frida. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Can't wait. Yes. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to We have two new reviews on the website of places that opened earlier this year. There's Uptown Eats. They have pastries, breakfast, and locally roasted coffee. And everything is made in-house. And it's in the location that used to be Banyan Cafe on MLK, and it's the same ownership. We also have a review of Must Wine Loft. And they are a European-inspired wine, cheese, and charcuterie place right on the border of downtown and Old Northeast. You'll find both of those reviews on stpetersburgfoodies.com. And next week on the show, we'll be talking to international jazz recording artist and performer, Nate Najar. Nate is a local St. Pete resident who grew up here, and he's a total foodie. 
If you'd like to send us fan mail, hate mail, or if you have any requests for interviews or restaurant reviews, just send an email to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Seth Gonzalez. And thanks to our sponsors. Rollin' Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And Engine Number number Nine. nine. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast.